I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, people, this is DJ. And this is Ish. And And this this is season four of Better Let Me Tell You. Today I saw um, a really nice moment. What? So I went to turn in my car today. My lease was over. So I went to hand it in. Uh, I was very sad, by the way. (laughs) Anyway, I was at Planet Dodge. and um, Is that before or after Pluto? (laughs) Planet Dodge. Hmm. Well, no, Pluto doesn't exist anymore. It's not a planet. So So, replace Pluto. So there you go. You thought about uh, Pluto when I said planet, and you shouldn't. It's a planet. Anyway, so as I was walking out, and everybody, welcome to episode... 148. 148? Yeah, Oh my gosh, we're almost at 150. I know. We've got our special guests coming up in two episodes. And we should have a like totally fake party that we were going to have for our 100th episode. <laughs> well, that's why, that's why we're having the special guests. So we, so can we, least, you know, so we didn't have the 100th episode because, of co- because COVID was starting. Correct. So 50 episodes later, we're still dealing with a COVID. Actually, yeah, a, 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 a this year. week is a year. Yeah, a year. A year of COVID. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yes. But, um, so I was at the dealer and I had just turned in my car and um, they're at Planet Dodge. They have like an area where they give you, like you you stand there and they dr- drive mm-hmm. your brand new car or mm-hmm. whatever, or car that you're getting. And there was this older gentleman, you know, and it was like one of these like older, like, you know, guys that you could tell has like worked a lot, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. like, un obrero, you know, right, like, right, right. Um, Whatever, one of these type of guys, you know, blue collar. Yes, we always have, you know, un tío or whatever in our family. I see that uh, has worked, has the hands. Like I see, um, and he actually started to cry Why? because, and right when I was walking by, he's like, "Yo nunca he tenido un carro nuevo," and oh. I, I felt so like bad, but then so like, oh, oh, so nice, like, and he had just gotten a Jeep, uh. Actually, it was a Jeep Cherokee, the regular one. 
um, navy blue. <laughs> like that's how I know it smells like navy blue. Uh, but anyway, uh, I, I was like, oh, what a nice moment! Like this man has that worked so hard. You could tell, and he's like, I never had a new car. And you know what I think about? Mm-hmm. Like seriously speaking, if you come from another country and you're an immigrant, you know, and right. you left your country because things are not well there, right? For a reason, yeah. you know. Even if you're not a person that's about material things, I think that buying a new car yeah. is like there's a certain level of of a wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like I have a cousin of mine, you know you know my cousin that mm-hmm. he he's been he's already been in the US like 7 years and he he's 26. And you know he's worked. He's a kid. Re- yeah, he's worked really hard since he's been here. He he has like a good job now, and he bought himself a brand new BMW. You know, and some people are like, oh, you know, he shouldn't be spending money on that. And, you know, there's you know smart. And I'm like, you know what? That kid had nothing in Cuba. Exactly. So you know what? He came here. He's working hard. He could pay he for it. it. It's not. It's not like you know somebody else is paying for right, it, or right. he's making the money illegally. You right, know right, I mean? right, 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 right. It's like you know right, what? Right. If he wants to, he's freaking 25, 26 years old. Que se buy the freaking BMW. Que se you know, que después, you know, something else in life comes around. Whatever. Anyway, welcome to episode <laughs> one forty eight, everybody. Now that we are on that rant. Now that you had that rant going. The point is that buying a new car, even though if it's it's something material, can be an accomplishment. Of course it is, because it means that you've worked hard. Yeah, to achieve know, that. whether it it's was a goal. whether it was a goal that you had to be able to afford an expensive car or just a goal that you had to just have any car, right? You know, uh, any new car. Like I remember Especially the first here in time, South Florida, you, you can't not have a car. Yeah, my the very first car my parents bought, I'll never forget what it was. It was a 1985 Ford Tempo in white. It was brand new, and I I was a I was a small kid. Like I I, I was yeah I was a little kid. But I remember, and my parents, like everybody that comes to this country, tienen un transportation, you know, the first <laughs> yeah, few years. Yeah. Right? Para so And my parents had a whole, you know, terrible cars for like the first five or six years that they were here, mm-hmm. right? right? But then, you know, when they were able to afford a new car, you know, it was just a Ford Tempo, but nonetheless, but a still, new car. Like, I remember what a big deal it was. Yeah. That my mom ponía toallas in the back. Para, para, para no los, los, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Los de eso. And they yeah. had sun visors everywhere. Para no descolorar la tela. That's right. You know? So, yeah. That's right. So, new cars, everybody. Listen, it's like you said. Uno viene aquí para pa lograr. You know what I mean? Like, and when you do, it should be celebrated. Whatever yeah. it is. And whatever you know, it as is. Long as, as long as it's legal. And as long as it's something, you know, not putting you in jail, then mm-hmm. yes, let's let's celebrate their goals. Yeah. So how is everybody? I think Happy every, Friday. I think everybody's doing all right, considering that I think this week was officially like our, the U.S. official like week where we celebrated the year of COVID, as the, it were. The year of COVID. <laughs> I say B.C. before COVID. B, B, yes. So yes, that we're now A.C. It's later. Um, it's, it's weird. It's wild to think that I've been working at home for a year now. Yeah, I I feel that it's gonna be a while. It's gonna be several years before it happens. But I think that for a lot of for like humanity, I think maybe in ten fifteen years we're going to think of the past as BC before COVID and after yeah, yeah, COVID yeah. because you know we 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 talk about how much the world has changed in a year. But I think that. We're not going to obviously see the long-term effects of oh, how the world has oof, changed for a while. For a while, and I think that right now we're kind of since we're living it in the moment, we're kind of in this like in-between phase. Like, right. 
Things quiero, pero no quiero. There are certain aspects that are back to normal, but then there's certain aspects that are not. Right, right. You know? Like, we feel okay going to a restaurant, but not to a bar. Right. But even when you go to a restaurant, you're like, oh, are there too many people? You right, know? right. Which things that you hadn't thought about like, today. We're gonna, like, well, we're going to an outdoor concert. Yeah. But not an indoor concert. Like, yeah, like, like things like for that. For example, today when I was dealing the thing with the car, I had to sign some paperwork. And it was in a regular office, but like, there was like four people in that office. Right. And the guy was like, oh, please come outside to like the main lobby area to sign this because there's too many people in this office. Right. Whereas, you know, before it's, it's like, like, yeah. but I think that, you know, yeah, in the future, it's, you know, in several years into the future, Juan, this is behind us. We're going to see the world before COVID and after COVID. Uh, and obviously there is going to be a reference as to the COVID years. The COVID years. And, um, but oh. For some people, this week was okay because we got some stimmy money. That's right. That's right. We got some. Oh my God. We got, we got a check, Actually, babe. I have a really funny story about the st- stimulus. Okay. Yesterday. I love the timing that it came on St. Patrick's Day, by the way. No, yesterday, I look outside and there was somebody delivering a Peloton. <laughs> and I'm like, Something to my front door neighbor. I'm like, somebody got their stimulus money. That stimulus check came and went in the same hour. In a peloton. <laughs> Se compró un peloton. Se fue en un peloton. You know, I have to say, I, I can't say peloton. I, have to, I say peloton. 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 And it sounds kind of dirty. Yeah, no, I I say peloton, but it doesn't come out naturally. No, no. I, I, when, I, when I, okay, I may say peloton, but when I read it, for sure, every time I read it, it's peloton. Do you know that a couple of weeks ago, I almost had a brain fart and I actually thought about buying one. And then I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, Where in hell would you put it? Because, no, I have room to put it. But here's the thing. Because I was at Merrick Park. Uh, also, you have a bike. Well, let me explain <laughs> to you. I, I was at Merrick Park, right? And I there was a sale. Okay. And they were like, oh... You can own a Peloton for like 30 bucks a month, for right? months, yeah. And I'm thinking, well, I'm not paying for the gym right now because I, I haven't gone back to the gym. That's right. That's My right. gym actually was more than 30 bucks a month. And I'm like, you know, maybe it's worth it, right? But then I'm like, wait, no, that's another bill. And I'm not going to have another freaking <laughs> bill. But then that 30 bucks a month doesn't include the classes. Oh, no, no. That's just for the machine, my friend. That's just for the machine. It doesn't include the shoes, which you have to buy. And then the classes, there's like different tiers. Yep. Like if you get like classes in their like vaults there's one tier and then there's like the pre-recorded one then and it's like the live ones i want to do the live ones like i want to do i want to if i'm going to do it i'm going to go in i'm going to go all in in. all in all in but a lot of people love it look one of our listeners uh leslie in um in um austin and i'm sorry in in in, um Chico, where does where does i have no idea where san antonio san antonio (laughs) i was thinking the mall the mall with the river the mall with the river San Antonio. Um, she loves the Peloton. Right. And um, and a lot of people really like it. Like, it's very much a lifestyle. And I've seen the whole thing with the videos. And the have you ever seen the videos? No. I've seen the videos. They're totally... Whatever it is, it works. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you... you There's th- a reason people are buying it. You think you're going to climb Mount Everest. But then I was like, Espérate, en los 30 dólares menos incluye el video. Ah, no, entonces, ¿para qué? It includes just the machine. Just the machine. So I'm just like, the machine. I'm like, this is deceptive advertising. I mean, I'm sure there's fine print. ¿Qué hago yo con la bicicleta sin el video? Like, I, what, the huge screen is turned and off? Again, and again, you have a bicycle. <laughs> so it's not even like, bueno, no, no tengo una bicicleta. Right, no. And, and I love my bike. Right. And I love my bike. But the thing is, I'm biking, like, bueno, we've talked about it here in the show. I've taken up 
riding. You right. know, I'm, I'm already doing like 30 miles. Right. Um, Which, by the way, te compadezco. Because when I did that pedicab thing last week, mm-hmm. oh, man. I could barely walk home afterwards. Yeah, but you were carrying a whole, like... That's true. At one point, I carried two adults. Yeah, with lights. <laughs> um, but but biking, you know, it has to be at a certain time of the day, and it can be raining, and you know... That's true, and we live in South Florida. Right. So, right, so I'm like, oh, you know, this is great, but then I'm like, no, 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 no. I came back on my papilla, you know, like I snapped out of it in a second. You, you came and went. Yeah, I was like, no, stop it. <laughs> And 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 I hadn't received the stimulus money. Oh, so okay, that may be a good thing. But I I look outside and I'm like, that's a Peloton. I'm like, oh, they got their stimulus money. That stimulus. Their last st- name starts with A. That stimulus got stimulated. <laughs> but no, you know, um, I love I love all the stimulus memes. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'll have the extra guac now at Chipotle. What whatever. whatever. <laughs> Anyway, oh, that's great. Yeah, Chipotle. All right. So I wanted to ask you about something that happened this week, and I know last week we talked about uh, Meghan and Harry, and obviously, you know, Pierce Morgan had his thoughts. <laughs> his thoughts. He had thoughts on the occasion, and one of the, I guess, in theory, the collateral damage of this has been Sharon Osbourne. Yes. Who saw that coming? Uh, I, that was so random out of left field. And on the talk of all places, because as somebody who watches The View in 148 episodes, I talk about The View all the time. The View has a history of being controversial, but the freaking talk on CBS. Right. Yeah. It's, it would have been even better if it was on The Real. But um, yeah, so it's what I found interesting about it is, and some people were saying like, oh, that's what you get for... For when Kelly called out Juliana for for making racist comments about Zendaya, which weren't racist, oh, which yeah. I which I agree they were not racist. Um, but the one thing that I found, wait the whole thing with Juliana and Zendaya and the patchouli the patchouli that she says she the like one who, who called her out was was Kelly Kelly Osborne yeah Kelly Osborne started that off yeah well you know why I say that right. Because Kelly Osborne on the view got called out got for, called out for when she made that comment about who's gonna clean you know when Donald Trump was talking bad about Mexicans right. you know she on the view said well who's gonna clean your toilets Donald Trump right and I was like oh oh wow oh we went there and came back but she made the round trip um but no where I was going with this is you know ultimately again there's been a whole other can of worms with Sharon Osborne but going back to what kind of started this is you know there was somebody making comments about Pierce Morgan I think it was Cheryl Underwood and you know Sharon and Pierce are friends mm-hmm. and what she was essentially saying at that moment was like look I that's not the guy I know that's not you know he doesn't like her I disagree with Did his you viewpoint the whole with which sorry which Did you watch the whole exchange when it was happening on the on the talk on the talk no 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 I saw the the recaps afterwards yeah no I've seen the whole thing oh okay but what I what I found interesting is, and I, and I actually wanted to put this to you because I feel like <laughs> I felt kind of bad for her at that moment because I felt like she was just trying to defend a friendship mm-hmm. without saying that what he did was right. Because at no point did she say that he was, you know, she's like, look, that's his opinion. Yeah, I disagree with him. Yeah, she even said she didn't agree. But you know, that's my friend, and and this, that, and the other. And I actually started to think, I'm like. What would, I genuinely wanted to pose this question to you. What would you do if you were in her situation? 
and I because you know what I'm sure I'll slip up at some point and say something that so somebody's gonna that's, misinterpret. That's a good question. That's a good question. It's a good topic of conversation. So, well, for those people who don't know, <laughs> um, as is stated on the talk this earlier this week, uh, they were talking about Pierce Morgan, how he walked out of Good Morning Britain because of Harry the Harry and Meghan thing, and. Um, Sharon and I always forget her name. Cheryl Underwood. Cheryl Underwood. Uh kind of had a debate on air because uh it was a heated exchange. It was a heated sorts. exchange because Well, um, and I say heated in the sense cuz nobody was they weren't No, they weren't yelling. They weren't yelling it, was, but, it was cordial yeah. to a certain extent. Right, right. Uh Sharon Osbourne is friends with Pierce Morgan. So to answer your question, here's the thing. At first, mm-hmm. I I've seen the whole interview a couple of times. You I can see where it turned, where it okay. shifted. Okay. At first, I well, I didn't agree with Sharon because I think Pierce Morgan is a terrible human being. But she was defending him, and what she was but defending friend, right? was his freedom to say what he said. Um, you know, she even said, "I don't agree with what he said. I don't agree with how he said it. I don't think he should have walked out. Right, right, uh, right. and I don't think he should have quit." So. Up to there, she had me. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, okay, I, you know, that's fine. The problem is that in their conversation, you can see when it turned. That's why I don't know if you watched the whole thing. No, no, no. I've seen clips. Or if I've you just clips. watched clips, yeah, right? Yeah, I've, seen clips. I've seen the whole thing. The problem is that um, Cheryl, mm-hmm. yes, right, Cheryl, um, tells her, and I, um, I'm not saying it verbatim, uh, she tells her, well, can you understand how somebody might think that the things he has said about Harry, about Megan, mm-hmm. and what happened, you know, to Harry and Megan, to Megan in the particular, whole scenario, right. how he has reacted to that, how somebody might think that he was racist. And then that's where she became very defensive. Mm-hmm. And she was like, he's not racist. Give me an example. Tell me. Tell me. Educate me. And you could tell she was mad. Mm-hmm. Um, that is where she kind of, it went south from there. Because she became very defensive. And that's, now, well. I don't th- think what he said was racist. I think he just doesn't like Meghan Markle for whatever reason. And I say that based on I don't know what he has or hasn't said about her Well, but, but, racially. The, whole, but, but the whole thing about what he said and what I think Cheryl was trying to say is, which this I agree with 100%. When somebody is telling you that they are experiencing racism, mm-hmm. you need to shut up and listen. Right. So if Meghan Markle is telling you, mm-hmm. hey... This is my experience. And this is... Because you know what? What Meghan Markle... I said it when we talked about Mm -hmm. it last week. I personally, me, when she was pregnant, I heard people say, if that prince comes out dark... Watch out. Watch out. The monarchy is going to like lose their shit. Why? Because they have a history of, Of, you know... I don't know if the word is racism, but, you know, it's tied with... you know. Shall we call it protocol? Yeah. (laughs) colonialism yeah. and you know and that whole thing so they don't necessarily have the most prog- progressive stance track record yeah, uh, track yeah. record on race relations right, right, right. right so when you hear somebody tell you hey this is my experience whether you agree with them or not just be quiet 
Mm-hmm. And I think that th- that is where he messed up with that. And obviously was saying he didn't believe the mental health issues. Mm-hmm. You know, that was like the icing on the cake, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're not in a position, you are not her. You're not in a position to mm-hmm. attack her the way that she is. So I think that the, the argument was, it's not necessarily that he is racist. It's that he is not listening to her. And in a way he's adding to the whole stigma or argument of white supremacy like oh no 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 that's not a problem you're a freaking white english dude Mm -hmm. what the hell do you know about you know racism you know what the ins and outs of a black person in the uk you know in this case um so i think that that is where the argument came from and in terms of sharon osborne i think that the the first part you know, she was defending him, defending his right to say it. She even distanced herself from what he said. But then I think when she starts telling Cheryl, educate me. Tell me what he said. And Cheryl was trying to educate her. And she kept getting more and more irate and more defensive. I think that's where she loses a few, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Now, so I hope that answered your question. Now, to now look at the totality of the circumstances... Mm-hmm. The show is currently off, is on a hiatus, a hiatus for like yeah. a week. Because well, they're, more, they're, they're, because they've extended the hiatus. They're doing an investigation because mm-hmm. apparently Sharon Osbourne now is saying that she was set up, that these other ladies were told they were going to talk about this. Yeah, the producers. And, and they were prepared with the questions and prepared with the comments, but she wasn't. Right. Um, so... You know, if that's true, you know, were they setting her up? Um, Then now also in, you know, comments from the past, I shouted with Leah Remini and Holly Robinson Pete. I remember remember when this happened. First season. First season, Leah Remini and Holly Robinson Pete were fired for whatever reason from the talk. And there was a rumor that they were fired because Sharon Osbourne had said that they were too, I think she said too ghetto. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was a rumor. We don't know if that happened right, or not. Right, right, right. Um, but, you know, maybe it did happen. And now that's coming to resurface right. with that. So who knows? Who knows? Mm-hmm. But I'm glad that you asked that because I'm going to tie that in with something that we did today on mm-hmm. our show, on our Instagram. Okay. Because in our Instagram today, we very, in, in, a, in very, uh, a very benign. good faith, good faith, benign effort, mm-hmm. we posted something about stopping Asian hate, mm-hmm. right? And we got some comments that were off the wall yeah. of people that are like, "No, there is an Asian hate." Well, how do you know there is an Asian? Are you Asian? Like, are are, are right. like, what, what is your reality? Like, people telling you, "No, no, no, there isn't." It's like, no, no, no. Actually, there is. I think it's also very interesting, and I mean, I don't want to cut you off, but you know, bringing that up, it's it's funny because I was thinking about that this whole week, how. I like to think that you and I are pretty, I hate to use the word woke, so I won't, but like, you know, we're pretty progressive. We're pretty open-minded. You know, we, we understand that like our experiences are not the experiences of other people and we can't say that doesn't happen and this and that. But I sort of came to the realization that even though, you know, I, I mean, I do know Asian, Asian people, right? But I feel like I have a blind spot with, 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 with Asian and, and racism to a degree because I feel like. I haven't been surrounded by enough Asian people. And I don't know if this is coming out the right way. I know you'll understand what I'm saying mm-hmm. where it's like, I think we just don't think about the, because the, I think we, it, I think the racism that is, is I'm not Asian, so I can't speak to speak it. Correct. As to the reality of an Asian person. I am very good friends with several Asian. Yes, people. you are. Um, I think that the racism 
towards Asians because when we think racism, we we think of the racism towards you know black, black people, people or Hispanics right. because or, or we're Hispa- because we're Hispanic. You know whether it's rooted in slavery or it's like discrimination. You're not getting a job or discrimination. Right. Like oh look who came in here. You right, know right, right, look right, who right. walked in through the door. You know that type of discrimination. Not all forms of discrimination are the same. You know, it comes in very, very different ways. And I think with Asian for a while, I, you know, I've, I've actually thought about this for quite some time for years and years and years that I've, I'm like, you know, the discrimination towards Asian people are these terrible stereotypes. I mean, just think about the stereotypes of, think about something as benign as uh, 16 candles, is it 16 candles? Mm -hmm. Duck yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, uh, Long Duck, Long Duck Wong. First of all, his name. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and what candles. happens every time he comes out yeah. on screen? The gong. The dong. The gong. The gong. The, the, right. Gong, yeah. Right. Right. That's sort of awful. Right. You know. And like I think I said in a couple of episodes ago, growing up, one of my favorite scenes of so, any yeah. Disney movie were the Siamese cats. In Lady we are yeah. Siamese, if you yeah. please. I think I told yeah. you that I loved that song. But then when I was like of high school age that I listened to the song now as yeah, a young man, I'm like, mm-hmm. the song is racist as fuck. Like, right. like they're completely making an entire, first of all, especially Asians that a, there's so many different types of yeah. different types of Asians There's South Pacific Asians and there's Eastern Asians and there's, there's so many spectrums of Asian. Asians, right? With different cultures and different languages and di- just everything different. First of all, you're painting everybody with one stroke, right. and secondly, you're 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 doing such like stereotypical negative tropes of this people. Yeah. So it's a, it's a different form of. I think it's also because of of racism. I, I think there's also something to be said for just culturally. Most Asian cultures, I don't, and, and I don't want to speak for. Obviously, I'm not speaking for everyone. I'm saying I'm painting with one brush, as you said. But go with me is more of a reserved culture. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it, I think... They may not be as vocal about they it. They may or... not be as vocal. But on the flip side, because they may not be as vocal, like if you make fun of a Hispanic person, a black person, whatever, we're not necessarily shrinking violets as a, as cultures, yeah. right? So we're going to be like, Cojones, que te pasa a ti? you yeah. know, type of thing. But they are raised traditionally, I, I would say, to be more of a reserved, you know, outlook or reserved approach to things. So... It may be even just that, that because they're so reserved, everybody just felt like, eh, we'll, yeah, do, but, we'll, we'll, the, we'll make fun of them in every which there, way. There may and, be, and... there may be, um, th- there may be some truth to that, but I think also if you don't realize something is happening, the wider general audience or society, if you don't know something is happening, you don't know there's a problem. And I think that for a very long time, um, People didn't believe there was a problem again, because I think that especially in the U S you see everything through the scope of like discrimination and racism, because when you think racism, you think of the racism and predominantly 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 towards African-Americans. Right. But as we know, there's all types of racism and bigotry and discrimination. And I think that because their discrimination is different. Right. Maybe it's maybe not as overt. Maybe people didn't exactly. Maybe people didn't take it as seriously. But you know what? Again, it's history because I mean, do you want something as terrible in terms of our own history mm-hmm. as the, the internment, Japanese the internment, internment camps? Camp? I mean, have you heard the George uh, George Takei? Uh, yeah, he did a musical. He wrote he wrote a play. I think he wrote the play. 
like how they were taken out of work and school yeah. and put in these camps and then people are like oh but they won't they weren't tortured and i'm like that's not the that's point, not the point. <laughs> you're missing <laughs> the point blanche like that's yeah, not the point. the point the point yeah. is that they were taken out of their everyday lives with all they their, were like no you no longer get to live your life now right all their rights stripped and put in this camp it doesn't because, matter just if for, the camp was club med like the yeah, point yeah yeah is, exactly <laughs> i mean yes it could have been worse yes. but that's right. not the point Right. And I think that that is an example of, you know, a, a horrible injustice that was done to a segment of the population that, you know, we're not proud of, but it's like, bleh. And that like, got swept under the rug. That got swept ever. under the rug. It got swept under forever. the rug. Ever. And it's terrible. And it, that wasn't that long ago. That was World War Two. That was in the 40s. Yeah. Right? So there's people still alive that went through that. Yeah. George you know? Takei. Um, exactly. This is a prime example. So, so. You know, but that's why it goes in, it goes back to what I was saying about the post that we put, which in large part goes back to what, you know, the conversation that Sharon was having with Cheryl, Sharon and Cheryl. It's a little um, confusing, yeah. That if somebody, whether it's somebody who's black, somebody who's Latin, somebody who's Asian, somebody who's gay, somebody, whomever is telling you, hey, this is my reality or this is my community's reality. My experience. This is my experience. This is what happens. You need to shut up and you need to listen. Because if you don't, then you are trivially, trivial, trivializing. Never say that trivializing. Word. That person's experience and that person, right. what they have gone through. And that's the problem with most of society today. They, they, no, that's not a big deal. No, that's not a big deal. Like, oh, you know, with like the guy now that, that horrible tragedy that happened this week with the, yes, with the, the three, uh, the, the, the three locations. Yes. Um, oh, you know, he was having a bad day. I don't know about Shit, you. I've had bad days. I've had some pretty awful days. You know what I did on the last time I had a really bad day? I went and I bought some cookies at Night Owl Cookies and I bought some comic books at the comic book shop next door and I just ate my feelings. Remember back of those $17? Right. That was a bad day. I'll go to McDonald's and buy 17 cheeseburgers. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Like, <laughs> that's how you handle a bad a day. A bad day, right? Yeah. Um, and you know, and trust me, right. that kid went to three Asian parlors, parlors, right? So even with that, yeah, he didn't go to a massage envy, right? So, so even with that, it's like people saying, "Oh no, 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 no!" He he didn't mean to go. Out. I mean, why are you defending this? Like, what? That's the part that kills me, because it's like you know what? Okay, fair. Let's let's say. Let's say it wasn't racially motivated, right? Like, let's say he just, he went on a killing spree. At the end of the day, you're still trying to defend a murderer. Yeah. Like, that's the bottom line here, kids. Like, you shouldn't, like, it, that, that's, you just look like an asshole. Because you're the one who's saying they're being like, well, no. But, I mean, he didn't, I mean, he killed them, but he didn't kill them because, it's like, who cares? Right. He's a murderer. No, he didn't. Right, he <laughs> killed him, but he didn't kill them. There's no hate crime against Asians, right? Because, you know, he went to three Asian parlors that were not even close by. They weren't even like right next to each other. Right. So he went out of his way. So this was just a really tragic coincidence. Like, yeah. Are you serious? Like, really? But you know that, and and again, to tie it <laughs> tie all together before we move to our interview, that is what I think. With the whole Pierce Morgan thing, and then to an extent Sharon Osbourne, I think that's what rubbed people the wrong way. If you don't like Meghan Markle, don't like Meghan Markle. If you think she's terrible to the British monarchy, that's your opinion. But when she tells you that as a biracial person and as a black person, 
uh, or a woman of color, this is what she has gone through and this is her experience. Well, guess what, Pierce Morgan? You're not a black woman. So shut the F up. So, and then to Sharon Osbourne, when, you know, Cheryl is telling Sharon, hey, but, you know, this is what our experience has been and this is how him defending that and attacking her can be, how it could be seen. <laughs> that's why the first part of the interview when she first right, was right, speaking, right, right. okay look she didn't agree with what he said she's defending her friend but then it turned and that's the right. part that it's like she shouldn't have gone there she should have just shut up and been like yeah you know he said it was very inappropriate and he shouldn't have said that and i don't agree with it you know i'm his friend i'll always be his friend i support him but i don't stand by what he said and right. yeah, Cheryl, what he said can be deemed, you know, insensitive. I, 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 I don't think it was, but I see how you could interpret it that way. Yeah, like insensitive, you know, whatever. And that's it. It would have been done. They would have moved on to the next subject, but instead, it turned into what it turned into. So yes. Well, speaking of moving on to the next subject, our interview today is actually somebody literally. Who- <laughs> our interview today is with someone who actually can relate to our experiences because. He is not only a homegrown Miami boy, but he is a homegrown Miami boy from, as he says in the interview, Wechete. Um, today we are talking with Danny Pino, who is from uh, Mayans MC, which actually just started this week, third season. It's I haven't seen the new season yet, but season two was insane. And also from Law & Order SVU. And anybody who knows me knows how much of a Law & Order fan I am. So I feel that Law & Order SVU... After being on the air for so many years. 20-something years. And having so many episodes. And I feel that there are hardcore viewers like you, you know. Isn't there some type of certification in like forensic (laughs) special victims unit that you can get? By what? I mean, look, there's certificate. I'm, I'm getting an online certification now, like, and it's only been three months. Like, I've been watching this for like 20 20 years, years, you know? So... I gotta get something. I should get something. There, isn't there certain? I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure that you and a lot of people that are hardcore fans, you pretty much have the qualifications, <laughs> at least entry level, to work in a forensic. I'm pretty like, sure special victims unit. I'm like, pretty sure at least entry level. Entry like, level, like like taking notes or something. Yeah, yeah. entry level, whatever <laughs> position that filing. I go yeah. see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. just saying. <laughs> Well, I didn't ask that hard question of, of, of Danny, but um, yeah, so we talked about Mayans, we talked about SVU, and we obviously talked about growing up in Miami. So here's our interview with Danny Pino. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. All right, mi gente. So as we told you, this week our guest is somebody who, if you listen to the show, you know we're excited about because he's actually been one of our dream guests since we started this little dog and pony show about four years ago. So it is with my immense honor that I get to welcome to Better Let Me Tell You from Mayans, Law & Order SVU, One Day at a Time. I mean, he even played Desi Arnaz, Danny Pino. So thank you so much for joining us, man. No, nah, Ish, thank you for the invitation. Thank you for having me on. I mean, Better Let Me Tell You. Uh, is usually the way I start every sentence uh, in my in my life. So it, it's great to be here. It's like it was calling you in the the beacon, right? The the homing beacon. <laughs> exactly. It's like I'm fi- I'm finally back home. Yeah. Well, speaking of home, I just have to say before we start talking about Mayans, heard you on a podcast interview with Jack Rico a couple weeks back, or maybe a couple months back. Time has no meaning anymore with COVID. Um, <laughs> and I love. I mean, I, you know, you had a place in my heart already, but he asked where you were from. And you replied with the right answer. <laughs> you didn't say Westchester. You didn't say Miami. You said Wichete. Wichete, of course, dude. He's, he's a, yeah. you know, he's a home, he's a homegrown boy. So, no, man. If I if I said Westchester, nobody in Wichete would understand where I was. You know, I was like, <laughs> no, man. You, gotta, you know, you got you got to kind of keep it real. Yeah, absolutely. And I definitely, you guys. I think all of you guys do that on Mayans. You know, there is. I mean. Talk about a segue, right? Um, <laughs> but one of the things that I love genuinely watching you guys is just knowing that it's like possibly the largest all Latino cast I've seen probably ever on TV. Correct me if I'm wrong. But what does it feel like to be part of that? You know, that that's it's such a huge like cross culture, but everybody at the end is a Latino, you know? Yeah, I think your segue was actually kind of apt because, you know, to acknowledge where you're from. Uh, and to, to, to say it the way that, you know, that you would say it, right? Wechete, to, to, keep it, to keep it real, it shows a certain uh, amount of pride, right? And, and I'm certainly incredibly proud to be from Wechete and to be from, you know, to, to be, you know, 305 till I die, you know, and that's just, that's just me. And the authenticity of, of who I am uh, is mirrored uh exponentially through our cast everybody is is proud of who they are and the heritage uh that they carry and i think that authenticity permeates through the show you know whether it's through the writing whether it's through how the show is shot um you know to to you know the performances that you see uh depicted uh, from episode to episode uh, so that that authenticity is important uh, from the creators uh, throughout the cast and, and and into the crew. Yeah, and it's it's interesting for me because I I know you know one of the, one of your castmates was is um Tony Plana or was Tony Plana. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it's funny that you say that because I think you and I you know we come from the same place. We're about the same age, and he's actually one of the first Latinos I remember seeing on TV. 
And it's I can pinpoint the exact moment. It was an episode of the Golden Girls. And he wasn't playing a Latino. He wasn't, you know, wasn't outwardly called out. But when I saw him, I heard him. I was like, I, I, I know that guy. Like, I don't I don't know him, but I know him, you know, and and I think that's what's coming through with with Mayans. You know, it's it's like you're saying we know these people because there's there's a genuine voice there that you can't fake. You know, it's, and then I think you put your finger on something else, you know, uh, saying that Mayans is unique in in that, you know, there is so much, you know, Latinx representation on screen. You know, to watch the Golden Girls and to to realize that there's somebody on screen that may or may not be playing, you know, somebody of of uh, you know Latin heritage, uh, but you you recognize something about that person or that character within yourself. I think that's incredibly important. It's a visceral experience when you're watching that, right? Uh, when I was growing up, to watch Desi Arnaz. Yeah. You know, uh, one of my personal that, heroes, by the way. So thank you for one, that portrayal. One of, <laughs> one of mine too. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. But you know, it for me, I didn't have, there weren't any real artists in my family. I mean, people were working class and they got jobs so that they could survive and feed their families. Uh, but we didn't really have musicians or actors or, you know, painters, you know, visual mm -hmm. artists in, in our family. So I was kind of the outlier, you know, um, but for me to see uh, uh, an actor, uh, Desi Arnaz, portray uh, Ricky Ricardo, uh, a Cuban character on screen, uh, to me that meant that it was possible. Yeah. Right. So, so hopefully with Mayans, you know, there's a generation of artists growing up um, who can see, you know, the men and women on our show and realize that not only is it possible to be in in the cast, but there are you know creatives, the the yeah. showrunner, uh, the you know the writing staff, the directors. There there are multiple opportunities, and it is possible for them to have a life uh, within the arts. Yeah, no, and that's so important. I think you hit something on the head. I mean, again, I, I I'm I'm making the assumption we had similar upbringings, right? You know, with Chete Boys, Cuban American, where you know to think that you're going to be, you know, una tita, whatever that winds up being, and make a living out of it. It's not necessarily that it's squashed as a dream, but it's kind of like, sí, 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 pero tú tienes que estudiar, you know, like, you have no, to have no, a backup chico. plan. Tú sabes. Te vas a morir de hambre. Right, exactly. 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 So it's very important, you know, that, that we have that example out there for people to look at and say, like, no, 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 no me voy a morir de hambre. Like, it's possible. I can, not only can I do it, but... I may not necessarily be just the only one going out for that role or that representation, you know, element. Like there's an opportunity for more than one of us to have that exposure and to have that presence. Yeah. But e even further than that, uh, I, I think that it is our responsibility to feel the agency to tell our own stories, Absolutely. to not, to not have somebody outside of, you know, uh, our experience try to tell us how it is our lives uh should be depicted yeah it's it's funny because um before the the interview officially started we were talking you know about the name of the show and that's how you start every conversation and you know we always talk about spanglish and people don't realize that there is a cadence to it you know and most to your point most of the times when you see it or hear it and it's not 
written by someone who speaks Spanish and English interchangeably, it sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah. You know, it's no, I, it's so true. And, 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 uh, you know, specifically on my ends, what's challenging for me is, you know, being born and raised in Miami to, you know, Cuban parents, Mm -hmm. uh, around a predominantly Cuban culture, um, to, to play a Mexican character, uh, I'm incredibly, uh, fixated, uh, almost obsessed with, when when I do have a scene in Spanish uh, to you know to pick the brain of our dialect coach and mm-hmm. and truly try and get as much either of a neutral dialect or a sprinkle of what would be a nuance of a certain Mexican dialect I mean you know there's not one Mexican dialect right. just like there's not one American dialect just like there's not one Cuban dialect but it's it's important for me to try and find that authenticity within Miguel Galindo, uh, because I know when I watch people who are supposed to be playing Cubans, I'm like that that dude's not Cuban. You know yeah, I mean? it's funny you say because I was like I noticed that like you didn't you know you actually pronounced all your s's um, when you're speaking in <laughs> Spanish. I was like okay, all right, he you know it's it, he's not just you know oh I speak Spanish. It's like no, he's paying attention you know, and I'd expect nothing less from you, man. Thank you, brother. Thank you. No, it's impo- I think it's important that, that you put in the work uh, and that uh, you, you try and, like I said originally, try and keep uh, and preserve a lot of that authenticity. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now, speaking of Miguel, all right, mm-hmm. I have to tell you straight up, after watching you, you know, on Law & Order, and now you're switching over to this guy, I mean, Miguel is tremendo hoputa. I'm just going to say it like that, um, <laughs> in the best way possible. <laughs> you know, um, you know, how, how was that switch for you? Because I, I feel like traditionally you've played, like, you know, the, the good guys. I mean, the gruff guy, but the, the good guys, right? Like the hero, as it were. What mm-hmm. was it like to kind of flip that, that switch? Man, uh... I gotta say, it hurt a little bit to 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 hear Miguel referred to as tremendo hijo puta, but I, I I get what you're I get what you're saying. I mean that in the uh, lovingest way possible, uh, as yeah, you know. I yeah, you. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. You know, um, it, man, Miguel is a complicated character, and that and that is all you can hope for and pray for as an actor right. is to get uh, a character to be able to play a character to embody somebody who. Uh, has tremendous duality, mm-hmm. you know, somebody who is obviously capable of uh, horrific uh, violence, uh, but is a loving family man and tries to prioritize his family above all else, mm-hmm. um, sometimes at his own expense. Right. Uh, and, and so to, to be able to, to play within those margins, you know, uh, it's something that's... Uh, incredibly attractive uh to me you know and to play a police officer for the number of years i played a police officer on cold case and on uh svu you know i i was blessed with you know great writing on on both of those shows and they were sort of mining similar uh uh, territory with a character where you know sometimes he would you know show a darker side Right. Uh, For a police officer. Uh, And so I think that always searching for that gray area, um, you know, and having writers understand that that's something that I wanted. I wanted that challenge. I wanted to to push the boundaries of what those characters would do. Um, 
I think that's something that Mayans does incredibly well. Absolutely. You know, you you pose somebody who is the head of a cartel, and certainly uh, we're not trying, and the writers aren't trying to sympathize with him. Mm -hmm. You know, he does horrific things, and it would be absurd to depict a character who's the head of a cartel who, you know, you're, <laughs> you're trying to elevate, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, instead, I think it's more trying to, you know, uh, be as mm, authentic, you mm-hmm. know, to, to use a word we've used multiple times, uh, to try to understand what his psychology would be and to see how truly horrific uh, his life is and how right. what he he kind of what what he brings on other people comes back to him right, right. Uh, and and how it is he tries to maneuver that yeah it's not just some guy you know mustache twirling with a woman on the train tracks type you know you you, you got to go no, beyond he, that no and, and be, besides that it's not he's also not where you know miguel doesn't and i don't think the show does glamorize that violence it, there's always a cost there's always a cost to it yeah. right uh and and i think that 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 i think again grounds the show yeah, no, absolutely. So I know we've got season three coming up. Uh, season three starts it's actually this month, March. I, I again March sixteenth. No concept of time anymore. I'm like, it's I don't know. It's 2021. It's, right, it's 2021. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> Step one. I got you, man. What year is yes. it? Uh, so wh- I mean, obviously there was a hell of a cliffhanger. Uh, season two with, with Miguel and and his mother, um, played by by Ada Maris, who again I've loved her since the sitcom nurses way back in the the 90s so it's always nice to see her uh pop up where where do we find miguel when season three comes comes back is it like literally you know the next day or has time passed or how much can you or can you not share let's maybe preface it i can can share i can share a little bit adamaris and and uh, tony plan are married in real life i just found that out like this week and, and I'm so happy that you brought up Tony Plana. I'm so happy that you brought up Ada because uh, they're exceptional artists. And, you know, I, I try and use every opportunity I can to, you know, to shine a light on how lucky I am to have worked with them and to work with them. Uh, you know, I, I just feel like the more talented actors you're surrounded with, it just elevates everybody. And they're certainly one of the, you know, uh, actors who elevate uh, mm-hmm. any scene that they're in. Uh, but yeah, in, in uh, last season, it ends with uh, Miguel's mother, Dita, uh, played by, by Ada. Um, uh, she, Miguel finds her uh, uh, dead uh, by an apparent suicide. Mm-hmm. And so uh, season three begins with Miguel having to deal with that. And all all that comes along with you know trying to uh, unwrap what what would bring his mother to do that and what if any uh, you know uh, anything he would he would have been able to to prevent that from happening mm-hmm. uh, you know would he's searching his guilt right uh, and what he could have done to to stop his mother from you know, from taking that, uh, that action. And so it's, it's really a downward spiral for Miguel. You know, you start seeing him in a way that we haven't seen him in the past. Miguel's so self-assured and self-confident, somebody who would walk into a room and own it. Uh, somebody who, you know, uh, seemingly had all the power, which is really what our show is about. I mean, at the end of the day, the show is about 
you know, who has the power, who wants it, how are they going to get it? How are they going to, you know, how are they going to keep it? Yeah, keep it. Because uh, getting it is one thing. Keeping it's another. Keeping it is a whole other thing. And so I think we start, Miguel starts to, to you know, uh, for lack of a better word, he, he begins to implode mm-hmm. trying to figure out who he is now without his mother uh, and who's responsible for what happened. And, and so it, it becomes a really, uh, especially the first two episodes, very introspective uh, for Miguel. Uh, and, and he's kind of unmoored. He's trying mm-hmm. to figure out who he is and you know, where he is in the world. Right. No, I mean, that makes sense after going through something like that. I mean, Cuño, I would be surprised if he wasn't because I don't care how yeah. powerful you are. Us, you know, us Latino men, it's all about our mom at the end of the day. So it's, you know, it's, it's our rock. So I think. Yeah. I mean, often, oftentimes, you know, they're, they serve as, uh, uh, you know, our, our touchstone. Yeah. You know, or the, the person we go back to who gives us support, who gives us you know, reassurance and, and confidence. And without that, um, and with, you know, the seeming deterioration of Miguel's marriage, mm-hmm. it's, uh, he's, he's left, uh, isolated. Yeah, no, no, for sure. So, you know, again, it's season three is coming back March 16th on FX. March 16th or on FX at 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock. Eastern 10 o'clock. And Pacific. Eastern. Para no haya confusión, you guys. There's no, you know, you got all the time frames there. You can watch it on Hulu the next day. Um, you know, I want to thank you, Danny, for, for taking the time, obviously, to chat with us. But before I let you go, I also want to thank you for something very specific um, that I would kick myself if I didn't, if I didn't tell you this. Um, you know, during your time on SVU, which I call Law and Order SVU, the Cuban years, because it was you and Raúl Espalza, <laughs> um, so there was one incident, and I, I, I watch things mostly on like uh, streaming, like on demand, so you know I can watch it at my own leisure. There was one episode, and and I'm not going to remember the exact phrasing, but there was an episode that it was you and and Raúl in a scene, and you were either standing in front of an elevator or in an elevator, or about to get something about an elevator. And you guys had had just some type of like friction, right? An argument or a conflict. And you replied to him in Spanish, in perfect Cuban Miami, like something to the effect of like, no te tire donde no das pie or something like that. Mm-hmm. I rewound that scene. It was maybe three seconds, if anything. I rewound that scene so many times and rewatched it and rewatched it because for me, there was a sense of pride in watching the two of you portray, you know, Cuban American characters on this primetime long running show and just speaking in a very like Cuban way. You know what I mean? It wasn't neutral. It wasn't like, Oh, I'm just going to try to be Spanish quote unquote. It's like, no, your culture came through and knowing that you said it, but I know he understood it and I know he understood it the way it needed to be understood. It was just, it, it gave me the feels in a weird way. So I just wanted to kind of thank you for that. Cause that's just one of those things I, I will never forget. I appreciate that ish, man. Look, I, I think, you know, working with Raul, listen, he's one of those, one of those actors who elevates any scene he's in too. You know, he, he's uh, a phenomenal, phenomenal talent, not only on screen, but on stage. I yeah. mean, he's, he's an incredible actor, an incredible singer, uh, just a fantastic performer. And, and I remember actually the scene that you're talking about because we, we would do a read through for every episode and we sat down to do this read through and you know the spanish was fine but it wasn't it, it wasn't our two characters and so 
I remember Warren Light, who was the uh, the showrunner at the time, just had Raul and I sit down and was like, "What would what do you think you would say here?" And then he he would say, you know, his his Cuban right. mess there, and I was like, I would respond with this, right? And so the the script coordinator was there writing it down, and then <laughs> Raul and I were like, "We'll we'll we'll write it down, we'll write it down." So we we kind of we coordinated what that dialogue would be, and thankfully Warren was very open to that, again, authenticity of what these two characters were. And, and I know that, that Raul uh, feels the same way I do. You know, I feel incredibly uh, honored uh, and uh, satisfied with, you know, being able to play these, you know, those two characters, being able to play, you know, uh, Nick Amaro, uh, you know, a Cuban character on national television and have him actually speak in Spanish the way that a Cuban would speak, yeah. you know? Uh, and so that will always be something I'm, you know, incredibly happy about. And, uh, uh, something I, I look back with, with a lot of, uh, satisfaction, you know? Uh, so, and to hear you say that, and I, I think, I think Raul responded back to me something like, no te, no te equivoques conmigo. Aha, uh -huh, like algo así, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. No te equivoques yeah. conmigo, right? Yeah. Which is like, I was like, dude, we might as well be at, at like, la carreta, having un cafecito, right? Uh, it's all that was missing, really. It was just yeah, like the cafecito, that's it. it was, yeah. That, exactly, but yeah, no, that, that is definitely... Um, you know, I, I'm I'm incredibly grateful for the experience I had those four years at SVU, uh, for a lot of reasons, uh, but that that is definitely one of them. Uh, being able to work with Raúl and and to to bring those characters out in like a three dimensional way and and represent, uh, I think a, a community that is largely underrepresented. So. Yeah. Well, you know what? As part of the community, again, I say thank you and. Job well done, man. You know, not Thanks, just Ish. not just for what you do on screen, but just you know you, you know you just you carry it through. Like there's always a sense of pride in, in in where you come from and where you're going. And you know what? That's something that that we always look to spotlight here. And if it happens to be a guy from Wichita like us, you know, <laughs> all the better, right? All the better. It's, it's... No, no doubt, bro. I'll see you at Seanos, man. All right, bueno cuando quiera. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. Again, man, All thank right, you buddy. so much. Cuidado. Thanks, Igualmente. All right. And we're back. Yes. So I know that, you know, unfortunately you weren't able to make the interview, but when he gave me that little behind the scenes tidbit on my favorite SVU scene, like after I told him about, no, my favorite scene between him and Raul Espalsa, mm -hmm. and then he gave me that little behind the scenes tidbit, I was like, oh. I felt I, I don't know there was just some like it was like a like a little happy place in my heart you know it was it was just great I think that now because you know you you've interviewed him and you know your BFFs and it's true you it's have true. his contact info I think you should talk to him about the certification we, we talked about I'm gonna see I'm gonna see about it because I'm the, sure he the, knows somebody who can make it happen the uh, Mariska could probably make it happen yeah if anybody can make it is her it's Mariska yeah yeah, yeah for sure I mean she has pool, she has a lot of cloud there she can speak it's like listen if if kaiser university is giving you know degrees online like why can nbc like just give yeah the forensic thing it's funny because yeah. the other day i don't know why it came up jose and i were watching some movie or something and and i was like oh that's a rookie mistake like people were escaping the law and i'm like that's a rookie mistake you have to do this and, da, da, da. and jose was looking at me he's like why do you know all this and i'm like 
because I watch a lot of Law and Order, all three versions. Hello. And also, you need to start watching because if some, I already told them, like, if someday we have to go on the run, you're so underprepared, and I'm gonna have to carry both of us. And you know what? Eventually, I'm just gonna have to cut ties. Yeah, yeah. It's in your best interest to do so. Yeah. Like, okay, what's the fir- if you have to go on the run? What's the first thing you have to do? Like, I don't want to be found. Correct. Have cash on hand so they don't see my credit cards. Okay, that's that's one of the first ones. What's that, like it, it's that and something else are like tied for first. Make sure my car doesn't have a GPS. Um, okay, and have it's it's related to that. It's basically you get rid of your cell phone and you buy a prepaid cell. Right. Uh, burner. Exactly. Right. See. Hello. Logistics. Exactly. People. You <laughs> should have a certification. <laughs> So anyway, so let's get to our, our last sodas. I, yes, have a, yes. I have a bit of a interesting last soda. Okay. Um, today, so my last soda goes to um, Glenna Bilberg. Oh, from yes. CBS Four. Uh, no, it's a Channel Ten. WPLG oh. Ten. Sorry about that. Yeah. Sorry, Glenna. Glenna. Actually, Glenna Bilberg. She's been actually a, a reporter for, for, journalist for a while. In South Florida, I think since like the early nineties. She used to be in Channel Seven. That's where I knew her from. But now she Damn, is, I couldn't even get that right. She is in um, Channel Ten, and she hosts with our boy Louis. Uh, yeah, and Michael Putney. And and I have to tell you that Glenna Bilberg and Michael Putney. You know, it's obviously a local show. Yeah. Their caliber in terms of talking about politics, both national and local. I mean, they it's are really good. They are up there with like Meet the Press. They're very, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're very intelligent, very well prepared. They ask really tough questions. Mm-hmm. Like they're great. So Glenna Why Milberg, Glenna this week, Glenna Milberg, um, and uh, some reporters also from the Herald. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some time now, have been sort of investigating what happened in one of our local races here in okay. South Florida. Okay. And I'll explain. So one of the local um, races down here for the Florida um, House of Representatives, um, it, during the election now in November, one of the, the incumbent was... Uh, we call him JGR, but it was Jose Rodriguez. Right. Okay. Jose Javier Rodriguez. Jose Javier Rodriguez, which is actually the brother of Tony Rodriguez, <laughs> yes. who is our friend from Spanish Aki Presents. Yes, yes. Right? Small world, right? Right. And uh, as many of you know, uh, I worked uh, the elections uh, in the last election cycle. I was a field organizer for the Miami-Dade Democratic Party, one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had. Uh, so, you know, we got to know the the campaigns and who was running on both sides right. pretty well. And there was, in in his campaign, and in, in the, the, the campaign for this seat of the Florida House, there was... JJR, again, Jose Javier Rodriguez, mm-hmm. who was the incumbent, so he was running for re-election, Correct. against Ileana Garcia, who was right. a Republican. But then there was also a third candidate called Alex Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. So they had the same last name. Not that Alex Rodriguez. No, not A-Rod. No. Not no. Jennifer. Not, not J-Lo's. Not, not J-Lo's. Uh, who they've been in the news this week. So they, um, th- the three of them were running for the same spot. Now... During the campaign, during, we never saw this Alex Rodriguez. Nobody knew who he was. Everybody was questioning who he was. And it's like, this is really weird. Like, who is this guy? De donde salió? De donde salió? You know, and he has the same last name as JJR. Right. You know, um, it's like, who is this guy? He he didn't he didn't even have signs. Like, nothing. He was simply on the ballot. He was a candidate in name only. Right. On the ballot. 
And that was really weird. Like me, I, I remember me and my group, we'd be mm. like, "Who? The, what is going on there? Right? right? And we don't have the experience that a lot of other people did. Right. Um, so Glenna Milberg and, a, and, a, and some reporters from the Herald started pointing the dots. Mm -hmm. Connecting the dots. Connecting the dots, I mean. And there was something off. So this seat goes, Ileana Garcia wins. Right. So she beats uh, um, By a slim margin. Jose Rodriguez. 21, uh, 36 votes. Yeah. There was a recount. Yeah. 36 votes. 36 votes out of tens of thousands of votes. Right. 36 votes. So they start putting two and two together and then the dots... <laughs> start to form. Start to form, leading to Frank Artiles, yes. who is a former House member as well and is a Republican. Mm -hmm. So he was actually, his home was raided today. Yep. And he was arrested because Frank Artiles apparently paid to have this Alex Rodriguez run yeah. so they can confuse. Right. With the goal of. With the goal of confusing voters into voting for him. Right. For this Alex Rodriguez to take votes away from Jose Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Um, and I keep calling him JJR. Um, and it rolls off the tongue. And and he got like 6,600 votes. Yeah, he got like a lot of votes. Yeah. This, you know, this, this, this entity, this entity. Right. Yeah. He got like 6,600 votes, yeah. which would have made all the difference. Right. right? And, um, the Alex Rodriguez that ran was arrested as well, yes. and he already threw Frank Adriles under the bus. Well, yeah, you always want to be the first one to make a deal. Right. Again, law and order. Right. He already threw him under the bus and said, yes, he came to me and offered me $45,000 pre-election and I think $50,000 post-election. Yeah, half, half up front, you know, half after. So now they're like, now the investigation is like, well, where did that money come from? But anyway, the point Back why I'm giving Glenna Milberg a, a, a soda. soda, and this is our Pero Politica corner of the day, is because... At the end of the day, good journalism is a hallmark of democracy. That's true. Whether you like it or not. And that was a hallmark of democracy that was being attacked in the last four or five years. That's not to say that journal, you know. Um, there's good journalists, there's bad there's, journalists. That's not to say right. that there, it's perfect. That's right. not to say that there isn't a bias. But journalism is crucial to a democracy. And here... We clearly showed, and there is evidence to show that this Republican man, this Republican guy, did what he did to make sure that the Democrat didn't win. So, to the Florida GOP, right. let's talk about election fraud, shall we? <laughs> Let me know. Send me an email at pero let me podcast. Oh, no, don't send him because he never gmail.com. He, he never reads the emails. It's right. gonna be me. Let me know if <laughs> if uh, Florida GOP after knowing this case and reading this case, if you want to talk about election fraud, we'll talk about it in the next episode next week. I'll be more than happy to sit down and talk to you about election fraud in this specific election. It, not, it where, was not about the voters. Where where there was evidence. There's a lot of evidence. It was so. not voter fraud. It was election so Glenna Bilberg. You got my last soda. Well, that's good. To Glenna, to and, journalism. And her team of journalists. To, uh -huh, to Glenna, to her team of journalists, to democracy. See? The truth always comes out. If it does. That's all I have to say. Thank you. Okay, well. Okay. And that is the Pero Politica corner of the day that so many people have asked that we have a spinoff of. He managed to blend two things together. He's like making mashups now. Mm -hmm. So mine is not 
politically uh you know centric but um but it's community centric last one actually goes to miami community fridge have you heard of them I have actually. You have? I hadn't heard about them until maybe a couple weeks back. So for those who don't know, and they are on Instagram as Miami Community Fridge. Well, all one word. They're a nonprofit organization that has essentially set up a bunch of refrigerators in some underserved areas throughout the city. And they're actually in the process of, I think, setting up a, uh, a few more in the Hialeah area. And they depend solely on stocking the fridge for those who are in need um, for the community. So basically, you can go to their to their website. You can find out where they have a fridge. You can go and you know you can either stock things, and they have a whole laundry list of what they need and what they don't, and how you know what they accept and what they don't. Um, you know, you can stock the fridge, and people who are in need, people who are you know homeless or going through a rough time, can just go there and and you know stock up. Um, they also have pantry items and things like that. So. I just thought it was interesting, you know, it's the type of thing that I didn't even know existed in, in our community, but I think it's a little bit of, um, you know, of a, of a, of, I don't want to say a leftover, <laughs> leftovers in the fridge, um, you know, a carryover from what we had last year. And I don't know how long they've been around where, you know, we all kind of started to think about other people and who's necessitado. And I think little things like that, you know, if, if you're in the area, if you're feeling so inclined, you know, just grab a couple actually you know you can even go to the dollar tree like we were just saying earlier you know you got go to dollar tree you can go to their grocery aisle grab a couple things and just you know swing by one of the fridges and and help keep it stocked and you know what's just ten dollars for for us is is a lot for someone else out there so you know mammy community fridge very nice and you could put some sodas in there you can put sodas in there as well so very nice so glenna milberg and miami community fridge yes very nice so well on that note uh, we hope everybody has a great, great weekend. Thank you so much, everybody. That was episode 148. We hope you listened, laughed, and learned. And remember to grab your pastelito, your croqueta, and your cafecito. And we'll all see you next time. That's right. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a great it. weekend. Bye. Enjoy that stimulus money. That's right. Spend it, baby. Woo! Better Let Me Tell You is co-hosted by Darian Borges and Ismailiano, produced by Ismailiano, and our theme, Better Let Me Tell You Freestyle, is composed by Michael Angelo Lomlaplex, the official gay guy. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. 
juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 